T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Go for it. Call the fan at 877-337-6666. Powered by Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com. Yeah. New York City. Inside the one o'clock hour, my last hour on the fan. Salakata coming up next. Plenty to talk about, but we're gonna talk about what you want to call what you want to call up and talk about. Excuse me, sorry. <clears throat> got the cough, got the uh, computer making sounds, and uh, still keeping it together. But um, yeah, I do want to touch on quickly. You know, boxing. Just a quick Google search uh, will tell you that boxing is the fourth most popular sport. But it, it depends, right? We're just not in the uh, time right now where like who's who's your favorite boxer to watch and I know that there's names and there's guys but I don't know how much it's moving the needle as far as like if I was to go into a boxing conversation for the next hour I don't know how many calls we would have and I'm not knocking the sport uh, when I was at Rock Nation Sports Agency I remember there was a boxing division and they wanted us to cover it like the other sports they wanted us I remember I, I can't remember the boxer's name that I went to the New York Stock Exchange with um, that was invited there. And they just ended up making some choices, I think, after a while, where they ended up, like, scrapping that. And, uh, you know, it was just a decision made because of where boxing was. This is 2018. Boxing now, whenever I think about boxing or hear about boxing, I think about Jake Paul, the YouTuber who became a boxer. And people saying that he has saved boxing. And I'm like, What? I think he's really bringing, like, WWE into boxing. I think a lot of his stuff is staged. I think a lot of his stuff is scripted and, like, a money grab. Now, for me, you know, in the last few years when it was uh, Mayweather-Pacquiao, like, those were big matchups that would, like, move the needle. You know, names like uh, Oscar De La Hoya or Mike Tyson or, you know, I don't know I don't know exactly who to, you know, throw out there. Now, you know, it's, it's like... Uh, Javante Davis and, uh, you know, it's Tyson versus Fury. Or, no, Tyson Fury is one guy. Uh, it's it's Fury versus Wilder. Um, I mean, I know the names of the guys. You probably know the names of some of these guys. But it's not something that we are penciling into our notes to talk about, right? Like, I even mentioned WNBA tonight. And I said, I, I feel bad. Like, just being honest with you that I don't know enough about the WNBA. I don't know enough about the WNBA to come on here and talk about why Brianna Stewart signing with the Liberty is a big move. I learned today of who she was 
and that she was an MVP. To be honest with you, I only really knew who she was because every day she was tweeting about Brittany Griner coming home. It is what it is. I mean, if we start treating boxing like it's one of, like, I don't know. There's people that can make the argument for WWE, AEW. Uh, like, we barely talk NHL on the fan, to be honest with you. Like, uh, and we have three teams that all play within, like, a five-mile radius from here. Uh, maybe further. But you you understand what I'm saying. Like, um, shout out to, you know, Juan who called from Patterson. I hear you. Right. There are Hispanic people all over. Right. This is the most diverse area. Like there are Hispanic people all over and boxing. You know, maybe if there was someone to rise uh, from the Hispanic community that was from New York, then maybe we give it some more light and more attention. But uh, I don't know. I don't think there's many hosts talking about it. But I I gave Tony Page his props because I know in me talking to Tony and the the few times I've had him on, um, he's mentioned it. And I know he's written about boxing, and I know he cares about boxing. And I know he could actually hold the conversation. That's another thing. You can't just uh, <laughs> you can't just start talking about boxing and not know what you're talking about. So that will also stop some hosts from going down that route to say, "Yeah, now we're gonna you know jump into this this matchup." Like we know that there's boxing always going on. Um, we know that there are communities in New York and beyond that care about it, but you know. Tom Brady retired today. Like, that's going to dominate conversation all week now. We watched shows pivot today as soon as they got the news at 8 a.m. Oh, now we're talking about Tom Brady. Roll the Tom Brady package. It just is what it is. And, uh, you know, back to the baseball conversation we were having around the Yankees, I, I want to speak a little more on with, like, Andrew Benintendi. Like, how can you miss a guy that you barely saw play? Like, I, I can't tell you. I, I, don't, I know he hit one home run, I think. For the Yankees, but I can't tell you who it was against. I can't give you one signature moment from Andrew Benintendi. They moved him around in the lineup. He struggled a little bit. He got going, and then he was hurt. So, like, I don't know what Yankees fans were looking for. I know maybe you're looking for, okay, back-to-back trade deadlines. The Yankees trade for a left fielder, and they don't re-sign him. Well, yeah, you know, Gallo was all-time garbage. And now he's with the Minnesota Twins. See what he does with them. And Benintendi sound like a good idea. He was the obvious choice. The Yankees gave up a few arms to get him. And I think the Yankees are actually going to regret some of the arms that they gave up in this past year for Frankie Montas and Andrew Benintendi. But let it play out. Just like I was telling Mets fans, like, hey, don't worry too much about what DeGrom does over there in Texas. It's going to bother you. Don't let him live rent-free in your head. You got your own World Series to win. You've got your own team to worry about. You've got your own rotation to be, you know, monitoring these guys. Like we hope Kodai Sanga is the next coming of Masahiro Tanaka. You know, we hope Justin Verlander can win a Cy Young again this year. We hope Jose Quintana is the ace that we think he can be. Like, don't worry too much about Jacob Degrom. Same way I can't worry at all about Andrew Benintendi. Andrew Benintendi, he wanted the money, right? He signs the biggest deal in the history for the Chicago White Sox, which is laughable because five years, $75 million shouldn't be the largest deal that any Major League Baseball team signs, let alone Jerry Reisdorf. Jerry Reisdorf owns the Bulls, let alone a, a, a market like Chicago. They're the second team in Chicago, but still. Uh, Benintendi, I don't think Yankee fans will miss him. I think we'll get the production out of him. He only played a month. 
They're talking about Aaron Hicks. Of course, they're going to talk about Aaron Hicks. He's a veteran, and the Yankees signed him to that seven-year, $70 million contract. They're going to talk about him like it is what it is. Estevan Florial is an interesting name. Um, I don't expect him to do much more than we've seen him do. Yankees fans have been watching him for what feels like a decade. But if he's in the mix, I don't know. Uh, he's younger than Aaron Hicks. He's faster than Aaron Hicks. I expect him to be better defensively, left-handed hitter. I don't, I don't know, man. We'll see. And then Oswaldo Cabrera. He's a young spark plug that we saw play six different positions, a switch hitter, and we want him to be involved. And if the way to get him involved from opening day and beyond is to have him in left field and then kind of like figure out the puzzle. You know, if Aaron Hicks stays on this team, I can handle Aaron Hicks playing once or twice a week max. I I, I thought that I... I wouldn't be able to stomach that, <laughs> puns intended. Um, <laughs> but at this point, I think they could default into it for at least the first half of the season. I just have to keep reminding everyone that there will be another trade deadline, and if left field is still a black hole as it's been for the New York Yankees, they can make another move and try and get the next guy that makes the most sense in left field. 877-337-6666. Keith McPherson on the fan. I'm going to go to Tinton Falls and talk to Seth. What's up, Seth? You got it. What's going on, Keith? Um, I'm a huge fan of yours. I know you're from Ocean, too, so that's great. That's yes, sir, right Monmouth County. You went to Monmouth yeah. Regional? Yeah. Yeah, my parents went to Monmouth Regional. They put me in Ocean, though. That was intentional. Worked yeah, out. Yeah, I don't blame I don't think we ever lost to you guys on uh, Thanksgiving when we used to play you guys in football. I, w- I used to see about that. I used to make sure... We didn't take any odds oh, in that. Probably not. We, we were never, <laughs> we were never good. But <laughs> granted, I never played football, so it's all right. What you got for us tonight? So I partially agree with what you said about Garrett Cole. I do think he has the potential to be an ace, but it's that one inning he has every outing where it's it's not just one run. He lets up like three to four, and. You could see he has it. He just got, he has to get like settled in and stuff. And I think our rotation has very high praise, which scares me because Rodon, he's had, he's been riddled with injuries in the past. Garrett Cole isn't the same as he was on the Astros. Mm -hmm. I love our bullpen. I think Matt Blake is amazing. But um, I just think we're getting too much praise for. Something we just haven't... No, I'm with you on that, bro, because that scares me, too. I'm like, okay, on paper, we're getting all this praise, and and that kind of goes back to what I was saying about going into spring training. I kind of like that people are saying the Yankees don't have it all. They don't have it on paper. Like They're missing some pieces. They didn't do enough in the offseason. Good. Let the expectations not be like, yep, these are the favorites to come out of the AL. I think on paper, everyone's expecting Cole to be dominant, Rodon, and... We can't forget that these guys last year were all question marks. We didn't know what Cole was going to be. Nestor, Seve, uh, Jordan Montgomery. Like, we went into last year saying, I don't know about this rotation. They didn't do enough. I was trying to get Frankie Montas last year uh, during a lockout, and then we ended up defaulting into him, you know, at the deadline. But I'm right there with you. Like, I kind of want the Yankees to not be expected to to come out of the AL and and be so highly touted because it seems like that's the case every year, and they – fall flat on their face. Yeah, exactly. And um, what scares me, too, is we did nothing to better us offensively. 
Like Judge, like you said, he's not going to have like the same years he did last year. It's near impossible. But here, the only team we really have to worry about in the AL is pretty much the Astros, who just got way better. I mean, they just signed Jose Abreu, who's way younger than Gurriel and a better hitter. So they automatically just got better even after winning a World Series. So I don't know what we're planning on doing, but offensively, we haven't seen a difference from last year except for, what, DJ LeMay being healthy hopefully this year? And that's what they're banking on, right? They're hoping that DJ comes back and can return to the form he was when he was getting MVP votes in 2019 and 2020. Can't yeah. bank on that. They're hoping Harrison Bader is uh, here for the whole year in center field and can produce close to what he did in October. Nah, no one can expect that. The guy was hitting bombs. I didn't see that coming. Um, or only that, too, in the postseason. That, that's all. Yeah, you can't expect that kid to be hitting a home run every other day carrying the team. I think he just was like, you know, someone that they didn't account for, and he showed up, and, and he was ready, and the lights weren't too bright. The pinstripes were light. And, I mean, I think he's going to be a solid center fielder defensively and give us something um, at the plate. But I think they're also expecting Glaber Torres to be consistent, which you can't. Like, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Every year it's like, oh, Glaber Torres. Like, I, I don't know. They expect Glaber Torres to be consistent. I guarantee you they think that Josh Donaldson is going to have a bounce-back year, having a full year, like a full off season. I don't know. Uh, and then they're going to think that Oswaldo – or Oswald, uh, Oswald Peraza and Oswaldo Cabrera are going to be ready to go from opening day because they got a little taste of uh, the big leagues last year. But I just think there's, you know, there's too many, there's too much hope. That's why I always talk about the Yankees hope, hope, hope week. They're, they're, they're just always hoping. Instead of having like, like solid things like you mentioned, like go get Abreu, a former MVP. That like you 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 can replace like not only did they did did they add reinforcements they got better they replaced Yuli, Yuli yeah. Gurriel with this guy and it's like okay great now we got to deal with him in that lineup yeah I think we should have gone out and got Trey Turner that would have fit perfectly with our lineup we need more guys that just put the ball in play get on base more often we don't need more power yeah Trey Turner was either coming here or Philly. Um, and I think it was always Philly. His wife is from Jersey, and they wanted to be closer to the family. And I think I, I remember looking at the miles like between Citizens Bank Park and Yankee Stadium. I'm like, oh, it's closer to Citizens Bank Park. But you know, they they they're not they were not going to pay a shortstop because they're also bank, banking on, and we got to say this young man's name, Anthony Volpe. Yeah, they're expecting him who. He's destroyed it, like killed it, crushed it at every level. They're expecting him at some point to be ready to play at the big lead league level, I think, this year. He'll probably start down in AAA, but if Oswald Peraza struggles, I mean, I hope they don't go back to IKF and say, IKF's the guy. I hope they elevate Anthony Volpe, and I think he's going to be ready. And I do think the Yankees are going to lean into their youth a little bit, right? They, they've wanted I to go so. away from spending. So if you're going away from spending, and you have spent, let's let's not act like they haven't put out a lot of money with uh, Judge's contract, which is also their fault. Um, with going to get Carlos Rodon, that was the biggest move for me. Like, that, that is adding strength to your strength. That is adding reinforcements. But you get bounced every year for the same thing. You can't hit. So where'd you add that yeah, bat in this exactly. lineup? I don't know. We'll see. Uh, I hope something changes, but thank you, Keith. I appreciate the time. Thanks for the call, Seth. I mean, looking at the Yankees, you know, they they re-signed Rizzo. Okay, you needed that. That's Judge's bestie. 
we learned more and more. I mean, we already knew that they were uh, boys. And then Glaber Torres at second base. Yeah, they think Glaber's going to grow up this year. Maybe. Maybe. Hope, hope, hope week. I hope. I, I'm done with Glaber Torres. And I, don't, I won't regret saying this if he balls out because that's what I want from the guy. But at the same time, it's it's been like a Glaber Torres experiment. And, uh, you know, they avoid arbitration with, with Glaber. And they were, it seemed like they were a little bit apart. Let me see what I had in my notes a couple of days ago. Uh, the two sides settled on a $9.95 million sa- salary. Torres came in at 10.2, and the Yankees were at 9.7. They settled at, you know, pretty much like $10 million. Okay, let's see what Glaber has. Um, but I think Glaber's going to be another guy that they missed out on trading him when his potential or, you know, his worth was highest. And with Glaber, he just gets too, like, I don't know, lost out there in La La Land. There's just so many times where I'm looking at Glaber like, bro, what the hell is going on in your brain? Like, I think I saw someone write something about, like, Glaber Torres thinks he's invisible out there. Like, no, you play for the Yankees. You're not ever invisible. And he's got to be a stud. We hope that he is a stud. And with IKF at shortstop, we hope that he is a backup shortstop. We hope that he's on the bench and can play shortstop or third base because they're potentially going to go with Oswald Peraza. And I hope that kid shows up and he's a stud shortstop. Like we've seen other young shortstops come in and make an impact like Jeremy Pena or the kid Stott from, you know, Philly. And I know he wasn't a monster at the plate. Uh, You know, Vaughn Grissom, there's a bunch of young guys out there that stepped in this year. Uh, I'm definitely forgetting some. Um, the kid from uh, the Orioles. I got to start getting back into my my baseball names and rosters and uh, be sharper on that. Gunnar Henderson. Um, what else were they going to say? Oh, Josh Donaldson at third base. <laughs> the Yankees traded for him. That was Brian Cashman's bright idea. So don't be surprised when you see his goofy self out there on opening day. It is what it is. They're hoping that the bringer of the rain can can stop drizzling, bring rain consistently, hit bombs consistently. Yankees fans are trolling you consistently because you hot dog everything. You pimp everything, and they turn into stupid outs on the base pass. We're probably forced to watch some of that again this year. Then when you go to the outfield, you got the greatest player in baseball, the best player in, in the world. Yeah, we understand Shohei does something that no one else does, but it's all about Judge. He's the face of baseball Time Magazine Player of the Year. He just broke the AL home run record that lived for 61 years, something like that. He's the guy. He's in right field chilling. He talked to Brian Hoke at the uh, Baseball Writers of America dinner they had a couple nights ago. Supposedly, he told Hoke that he's not done playing center field. He wants some more time in center field. He says, Bader's not going to play 162 there. Who are you going to put there? Not Aaron Hicks. He wants to play some center field. All right, Whatever. So you got center field with Bader and Judge. Bader, I expect to be solid. He's a New Yorker. He's not going to be phased by, uh, you know, anyone booing him. And I don't think people are going to boo him. He's not going to be phased by the pressure of New York. He's going to show up and play baseball. And he's playing for some money. He's due to get paid in a couple years. And then left field has been a bottomless pit. You've seen Miguel Andujar try to play left field. I think he's currently floating in the baseball ether. Pittsburgh Pirates had to DFA him to bring Andrew McCutcheon back. You saw Clint Frazier be handed the left field job. What did he do? Brett Gardner 
filled in pretty decently. And there were times last year where you wish you had Guardy there to make a play on one of those balls that dropped in the left field. But Guardy's washed. Guardy's done. They're not bringing him back. We learned that last year. So we went to Joey Gallo. And you've seen, like, Mike Talkman and uh, Ryan Lamar. And, like, you can go through all the random names that have popped out in left field. Uh, Tim LaCastro. We go to this Joey Gallo move thinking Joey Gallo left field. Don't worry about him playing left field. It's about right field. This guy's going to hit 30, 40 bombs in Yankee Stadium with that left-handed swing. Yeah, right. This guy couldn't even make contact. When they use the phrase shell of himself, I don't even think you could say he was in a shell of himself. He was a zero. It got pitiful being in Yankee Stadium. I got tired of him coming up because it was mixed with like, People booing him, talking down on him, and then like the like cheery Yankees fans that want to try and like lift the worst guy we've seen hit for the Yankees in years up. Like, come on, Joey Gallo, like stop that. It should be dead silent in here. He's got to focus, and that didn't work. So they go and get Benintendi, and like I've been saying, I don't know how any Yankees fans are still talking about Andrew Benintendi. You barely saw him play. He played for a month. How can you miss something you never really had? And you think that that's the move that the Yankees should have made. He, I, I don't think he would have taken five years, $75 million from the Yankees. I don't know if they're really even going that way to give him that much. He's not a perennial all-star. Yeah, he's won a World Series. I think he has one gold glove. He's been decent over the last couple of years. But with the money going out there, what they got to pay Garrett Cole, Giancarlo Stanton, who I haven't mentioned. Like, Giancarlo Stanton's got to stay healthy. Can you? For a whole year, you're, you're not going to be needed in the outfield. Or maybe they put you in the outfield when Judge wants to play center field and they want to rest Harrison Bader and someone's got to play right field, so they put Stanton out there. I don't think they're going to put Stanton in left field, not in Yankee Stadium. It's an ocean. It's a lot of ground to cover. And with Stanton's legs, you get that boy running too much. It's a calf. It's a hammy. Something. And we need him to hit 30 bombs. We need him to stay healthy. And the games that judge homers and stand homers, Yankees win those. So, I don't know, folks. I'm not too worried about the rotation. I'm not too worried about the bullpen. I am worried about getting into uh, the dance again. I am worried about getting to October and coming up small when it's time to string together hits, get a runner on, move them over, score runs. 877-337-6666. I mean... With the Yankees, it's been the same thing. It's, it's, it's been the same thing every postseason. When they have the pitching, right? Well, this is the most po- pitching the Yankees have ever had. Okay. You got to hit. You got to have timely hits. You got to be able to cash in. You can't string together 50 strikeouts against the Houston Astros. Like, the Houston Astros have the book on exactly how to pitch the Yankees. It's it's miraculous. They, they shrink your best players. And... Uh, you know, the Yankees went out sad last year. The Yankees were talking about uh, the wind and, uh, you know, that one judge ball that he hit to the to the warning track. All oh, it would have went out, and they had the roof open. It's like, stop it already. It's the game of shadows. It's the league of shadows. You know they're cheating. They're always cheating. And in Houston, they've got all types of shenanigans that go on. It's part of the game. Do more. Do better. And, uh... Speaking of the game, I didn't get to to speak on this, but I know some of you guys play MLB The Show, and they put Jazz Chisholm on the cover of MLB The Show. 
Now, the first thing I thought when I saw Jazz on the cover, who I like, on my show on MLB Network, Off Base, we featured him a lot. He's got a lot of swag, sauce, drip, those uh, keywords that uh, millennials and younger, younger like to use. But this is a guy that missed a lot of time last year, and this is a guy that's got to change his position. Um, They're going to make him an outfielder. And with Jazz being on the cover, I saw a lot of people talking about this is the wrong guy. And our guy, Derek Jeter, was just on Jimmy Fallon tonight in my open. I told you to check that out. If you missed it, it was now two hours ago. But you can go to Twitter. You can go to uh, the Fallon Show on Twitter. And uh, they've been putting out the clips. Rita Orr was also on. She's fine. You might want to just check it out for her. Uh, Let's see. Fallon Tonight is the handle, at Fallon Tonight. Jeter talks about the new cover for MLB The Show 23. I guess he's on the collector's, like, Legends edition. And it's got... um, Derek Jeter on it, but Derek Jeter used to have conversations with Jazz. Jazz wears number two because of Derek Jeter. And Jazz used to go to Jeter and ask Jeter, hey, what do I got to do to be a Hall of Famer? I'm trying to be like you. And, uh, you know, Kim Ang, shout out to Kim Ang. I saw her pictured with Susan Waldman at the Baseball Writers of America dinner. They had a blast a couple nights ago. And uh, the Marlins are making moves. The Marlins have made moves now that have pushed their young star in Jazz Chisholm to the outfield. And if you remember last year, uh, earlier in the year, there were some issues with the Marlins because Jazz was too about himself. He had the Cartier shades on. He had the chain. Uh, you know, he's Euro-stepping uh, on the way to home plate. He's doing the silencer. You know, whatever. He's bringing some fun to the game. Not the Tim Anderson type of fun. You know, his own type of fun. But... He's on the cover of MLB The Show. And uh, I think Luis Arias is going to be their starting second baseman who won the batting title in the AL over Aaron Judge last year, stopping Aaron Judge from getting the Triple Crown. So how are you getting demoted from your own team? Like, you know, being in the infield, and they're talking about moving you to center field. You also played shortstop. And I don't think they're going to have you play shortstop because I think they're going to put Gene Segura there. They just scooped him up. So now there's nowhere for you to play in the infield. I'm looking at the Marlins' depth chart right now. They have Jazz Chisholm at three different positions. He's starting at center field, but then he's the backup shortstop, back backup second baseman. Right? Versatility helps. But he's on the cover of MLB The Show. I, I refer to him as a... a, a like a black superstar in baseball, a hip-hop superstar, a superhero, when you see him, right, he looks like he's one of the best players. He's got the dress down. He's got the blue hair, the chain, the sunglasses. But you got to back that up with, with your play on the field. I'm hoping he has a good year. I'm hoping he has a better year. But uh, this guy got demoted twice on his own team, and they put him on the cover of MLB The Show. And that just gave me Fernando Tatis Jr. vibes because, as you guys all remember, Fernando Tatis Jr. burst on the scene, was the new face of baseball. How did that go? They put him on the cover of the show, and uh, after that, he kind of went downhill from there. He's not even going to be able to start this upcoming season on time. He's another guy that got demoted out of the infield into the outfield. Looking forward to seeing both of those guys play. Rooting for them. But I just think it's interesting, their choice. Like, Major League Baseball, do you need help? Like, I'm available. MLB Network, like, 
Give me on the line with somebody. When they're thinking about who to put on the cover, there's plenty of other guys. And I know Judge has been on it. I know Otani has been on it already. But there's plenty of other guys. I would have been fine with them putting Jeremy Pena on it. As much as I despise the Astros, that young man was the MVP. He's burst on the scene. The Astros are the face of baseball right now. We know they treat they cheated in 2017. But that came out in 2019, and that gave baseball a ton of publicity through scandal that people weren't expecting. And where did that pub go? It went to Jose Altuve, Alex Bragman, Carlos Correa, George Springer. Those last two guys aren't on the team anymore, but who's the new face of their team? Their rookie shortstop, Jeremy Pena. I would have put him on the cover before I put Jazz Chisholm. 877-337-6666. Keith McPherson on the fan. Taking your calls for another half hour, whatever you want to talk about. Salicot is coming up next. Don't go anywhere. I'll be right back. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Sanchez gets hit. The ball is loose, and it's alive. And then going into the end zone is Steve Gregory. When this happened, you talked about it on The Fan. And it was the backside of Brandon Moore. To knock the ball out. When New York sports happens, talk about it here. The Fan, 1019 FM, and always live on the free Odyssey app. Hey, yo. Back on air, back on the Fan. Happy to be here. Glad I was able to shake that stuff off. Got a five-hour show tomorrow. Well, tomorrow is later today. And then another five-hour show tomorrow, Friday. So back-to-back, five-hour KM to AMs. And uh, probably try and find some guests. But really, you know, I I, I said I said earlier, like, those are opportunities. Um, I'm on air. I'm never on air earlier than 7. And uh, I look at those as opportunities to be on when more people are awake and functioning or driving or you know what i'm saying so I, like i always look at those as great opportunities to connect with the fans and talk sports and uh show my knowledge and um you know bounce around and talk about different things uh, something we haven't mentioned tonight is college basketball now i don't don't know if you watch college basketball you don't even have to watch college basketball i used to be really into college basketball when i was younger uh, i think all college sports once i once i was like maybe like eight years removed from college, I just couldn't care about college sports as more because I just realized it's like, <laughs> it's not the pros, it's college kids. You know, like I used to be a Duke fan. Like I, it's immature to be a Duke fan. I remember being at IZOD Center when Duke played Temple 
And um, this guy from Temple comes over to the section that I was in. And he's like, what's the Duke fight song? And nobody knew the Duke fight song. He was like, none of you went to Duke? I'm like, no. And he just like was roasting all of us. Like, oh, I went to Temple. All my buddies went to Temple. And all we had was like scoreboard. And I remember thinking, I'm like, yeah, you know, Duke has fans. There's a difference. There's a difference between like alumni and like, you know, just American fans that like watch TV. Like Duke has all these fans here. No, none of us went to the school. We just like watched like J.J. Reddick or Christian Leitner. You know, that's why we're here to see, you know, Duke play Temple in New Jersey. But like you went to Temple and we're in New Jersey. You're here to root for the school you went to. But I think I started to like fade off of college basketball then or being as much of a Duke fan. And I mean, I like, you know, I picked all the hated franchises when I was a kid. No guidance, man. Shake my head. <laughs> That's fine. I, I, I'm glad there was no one to stand there and tell me who to root for. I'm glad that there was no one to sway, you know, where I wanted to go. It was just marketing, TV. You know, when I have kids, they they can pick what they want to, who they want to root for. Don't follow me. That's what I'm gonna tell them. Don't don't be like your dad. Maybe in life, but like your rooting, like choose. Because once you choose, you're, you you've chosen. And um, you know, it's funny. I was talking to Marco about like Sal obviously being a Rangers fan and then wearing the Islander stuff, and we were talking about like, okay, if somebody presents you with the jersey. You can you can take it, you can smile, you can hold it up, but then once you wear it, like Marco was like, I can't wear it. And Marco said he hopped on to the show at like four or five on Tuesday morning. I definitely would have been asleep whether I was sick or not. I would have missed that. But yeah, that's where I probably would have drawn the line. Like if I go to if I ever go to City Field and Steve Cohen, who I've already met and already complimented uh in Legends, the last uh Subway series, if I was to somehow be uh invited to City Field, and he was like, here's a McPherson jersey, a Mets jersey with McPherson on the back. I'd hold it up, but I'm not putting it on. I'm going to gift it to someone if I could find someone. I think my Uncle Chuck, shout out to Charles, if Charles listens to this on the podcast tomorrow, I, I'd give it to him, <laughs> and and he'd wear it as, as a Mets fan. But I wouldn't wear it because once that photograph gets taken, that's forever. That's forever. And they can twist and turn that photo. They say a picture has a thousand words. Nah, I'm not I'm not letting you get one word in with that. I can't do that. But yeah, with the basketball stuff, start paying attention. March Madness is approaching and I'm telling you, if you just keep an eye on the the scores and the standings and the top players, you don't have to watch games. Just keep an eye on the like, you know, the the smaller teams that can make it. Like they're going to tell you. It's ESPN will tell you your, you know, Bleacher Report app. They're going to tell you who's winning and who's doing what. It can help you make decisions in your bracket, and in your parlays. Like, I ate on um, the wild card round. Like, I cashed out. I went on a heater for the wild card round in the NFL. But the last time I ate like that was the first two rounds of March Madness, putting parlays together. Just like four-leg parlays, uh, whether you pick teams money line or spread in March Madness, you could really cash out. So, like, if you're into that sports betting, gambling, wagering like I am, and I'm not a big gambler. I don't have money like that to really wager. I, I, I make small wagers, but I could turn five ten dollars into four or $500 on one parlay. I could turn, you know, $25, $50 on March Madness uh, into a lot more by just knowing who I'm picking in matchups and who can upset who. Like St. Peter's, I was pissed. Like I could have made more money on St. Peter's in Jersey 
but I like made mistakes on like when I bet them. And then also when you cross uh, New York, New Jersey, there were restrictions on like how you could bet on St. Peter's, um, you know, being local or whatnot. I thought that was dumb, but like I ended up not making as much money off of them. I would have bet them every round. All right. Uh, what else did I not hit on today? Oh, okay. In my notes that I had deep in my notes, I think I pretty much got to everything. I, I, um, I saw Fat Joe performed at Arrowhead. <laughs> the Chiefs Kingdom at Arrowhead Stadium. And uh, he performed in the conference championship round. But the week before that, they had Lil John perform. So I don't know what they do out there in Missouri, but I guess they like, you know, the like 2000s era of hip hop, which, you know, Joe came out of that era, but he's got some new hits. Um, he did lean back, but he also did all the way up. So they brought BX energy, they brought the Bronx. Out there to Kansas City. No way were they losing that game. If I would have known that before the game, I would have bet the Chiefs more. No way were the Chiefs going to lose that game after Fat Joe performed leading up to it. And then the last thing I have, and you might have just heard that, Travis Kelsey and um, Jason Kelsey have a podcast, New Heights Show. Go check that out. They're hilarious. If you haven't already been on it, you should get on it before they face each other in the Super Bowl. And uh, last but not least, the you know reason I haven't talked much about the Super Bowl tonight is because we got a whole week coming up to do that. You know, like you're gonna hear the Super Bowl conversation beat to death, not just here, but everywhere else that you watch sports. And and like I don't know, I'm not too excited to watch the Eagles in the Super Bowl, and I think that they probably gonna win it. I'm I'm rooting for the Chiefs. I'm betting on the Chiefs, but just what I've seen out of the Eagles, like. I think it's another Chiefs. Uh, I think it's just another Eagles Super Bowl, and the Chiefs aren't going to have enough. I think it's going to be high scoring, but you know we'll cross that bridge in the next week. Like I just don't want to spend this whole week talking about oh how are they going to match up and oh super, like yeah we, we we're going to have plenty of shows to do that next week, and everyone's going to be talking about the Super Bowl. It's the Super Bowl. Let's go to the phones. My guy down in Asbury Park, Dwight. You're on the fan. What's up, Dwight? Well, yeah, I um, mentioned a, a receiver to you uh, some time ago, a guy named Shaq Davis. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe, maybe, your, maybe your boys down in Dallas need, need a home run threat. <laughs> he, he's a 6'5 Megatron wannabe. Yeah. You think you could fit down, get down with Jerry and your boys? <laughs> Yeah, if they could draft him in the later round. I mean, they drafted this kid, Jalen Tolbert, last year. He did nothing for them. They signed James Washington thinking he was going to be a, a starting receiver on that team. He ended up doing nothing for them. They just missed. And Jerry Jones admitted today that, yeah, you know, that he doesn't regret trading Amari Cooper for like a fifth-round pick or less. But what he, he, he realized is that the rest of the receivers didn't do enough, that they didn't have much after CeeDee Lamb. You think so? Yeah, this Shaq Davis kid, I'm interested to see where he falls. Coming out of um, South Carolina State, I know they're giving more light to the HBCU uh, schools, and there was a combine specifically for the players coming out of the HBCUs. But this next coming draft has a lot of talent in it. And, uh, I mean, the Cowboys have they have needs everywhere. Uh, they really need a corner yeah, first going, round. He's going to be at the um, East-West Shrine game um, this Friday. Oh, yeah. That's another thing that I had in my notes that I'm like, I don't think anyone's going to care. The the Senior Bowl uh, and Senior Bowl practices are going on right now. I know the East-West 
Shrine, Shrine game is, is coming up. But the Senior Bowl, just in their advertisements, they show Kenny Pickett. That's my guy. Went to my high school, literally from my town. He went there and balled. Look at what happened to him. Daniel Jones, New York Giant. They saw him there. That's where uh, Dave Gettleman fell in full bloom love. And Jalen Hurts was in the Senior Bowl. Like, impact talented players play in that Senior Bowl that are going to get drafted and if you can watch NFL Network and get a look, you're going to you're gonna see somebody that we're going to be talking about next season. Oh, there's another dude you need to check out, a dude named uh, Jadakus Bonds from Hampton, a 6'4", guy. Is it spelled like Jadakus the rapper? <laughs> yeah. Jadakus Bonds? That, that, that tripped me up when oh, I Jadakus saw that. Bonds, yeah. I see him. Interesting. Parents need him. Jade uh, Kiss. Top five. Six four one eighty. Yeah, I'm interested in all this type of stuff. You know, I remember when NFL Network debuted, and the first thing I saw on it was the NFL Combine. Shout out to my boy Maz, my boy Marios Mariglio. I remember going to his house. We didn't have it at my house. I remember going to his house to watch NFL Network with him, and we were just blown away at the coverage. Like, it was the most behind-the-scenes thing we felt like we ever saw watching the NFL Combine on NFL Network. It was next level. Now, that's regular, you know? Now we expect that. I'll get with you later, man. Thanks for taking my call. Thanks for the call, Dwight. Asbury Park, hold it down. Yeah, the Senior Bowl, the East-West Shrine game. Um, they're practicing for the Senior Bowl now. Another good way to get information from what's coming out of the Senior Bowl is just to look on Twitter. Right there's coaches filming, there's scouts there filming. Um, like I just typed in, let's see. Oh, Pro Football Focus. Mike Renner is down there. So you've got a guy from Pro Football Focus that is literally taking clips from the eye in the sky, the camera view, and putting them on Twitter. So he's featuring in this tweet that I'm seeing from him, Ivan Pace Jr. Just showing you a. Pass rushing rep from two days at the Senior Bowl, absurd. And it's showing this young man, like, they can't they can't block him. They can't even get hands on him. His just initial move. I don't know. I love that type of stuff. I, I spent a lot of hours in my life in football practice. I spent a lot of hours in my life, you know, training and, like, watching guys train and get ready for combines and stuff. That stuff does it for me. Like, more so than any Netflix shows. Like, I could watch this type of stuff all day, so. That's probably what I'll be doing because today I remember seeing the Senior Bowl commercial and then I went online and I saw they were already clipping up the practices. I was like, oh, it's this week. And I remember when Kenny was in it last week like or last year, I watched all of it and, and was paying close attention because they were saying Kenny was lighting it up. He wasn't throwing interceptions. He was one of the best quarterbacks, if not the best quarterback there. Then he's the only quarterback drafted in the first round. And to think that people thought Malik Willis should have been drafted over him, Malik Willis I mean, not not knocking the brother, but Malik Willis, he's not NFL ready. Uh, I don't know what they end up doing with Tannehill. Jets fans, are you interested in Ryan Tannehill? You shouldn't be. You shouldn't be. More and more, I just keep thinking it's Jimmy G. For some reason, I just feel like the Jets are going to fumble the bag as far as like fumble the bag of money that they're supposed to give Aaron Rodgers and completing the steps that it's going to take to get Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers ain't going to retire. And if he gets traded here, he's got to play, right? He's not going to sit out. Uh, the Jets got to do everything to get him here. I kind of want it. Like I'm not a Jets fan, but like I want Aaron Rodgers to come here because then pulling up to MetLife, like that changes everything. That changes everything. 
you need Aaron Rodgers, especially in this AFC when they're looking at Patrick Mahomes and Joe Burrow as the guys that are going to dominate the uh, AFC for the years to come. You need someone that can stand toe-to-toe with them. I think your defense could be ready to play against those guys, but you got to stand toe-to-toe with them. I don't think you're going to do it with Jimmy G. Uh, in the in the drop that was played at the top of the hour, it was like, uh, you know, they they played Kyle Shanahan today when he was asked about Jimmy. And they said, yeah, I don't, you know, I don't see, you know, any any plans or future of him being or whatever. And then the guy reiterated, he said, you know, Garoppolo. He's like, yeah, I know what you mean. Like, I'm not talking about Jimmy Ward. <laughs> Jimmy Ward will be there. Jimmy Ward will be playing for the 49ers. Let's go to Alex in Manhattan on the fan. What's up, Alex? Go for it. Hey, thanks for taking the call, man. You made a great point about Aaron Rodgers. Uh, it's not what I called about, but real quick, I dare you to name me 15 other quarterbacks that you know are better than Aaron Rodgers, especially on the Jets. Jimmy G would just be you know a game manager. He's not going to win us any games. He may not lose them for us, but he's not going to win them. I just wanted to talk to you about the integrity of the NBA and the NFL. I want to point out something. In tennis, they start using artificial intelligence and sensors for all their calls. Mm-hmm. Now they get all the calls right. Nobody even argues because... You know, it's black and white. You can't really debate them. And I know that pass interference and other plays like the foul on LeBron in the NBA, it's a little bit more of a judgment call. But certain things that are just black and white in a multi-billion dollar industry with millions and millions on the line, betting every game and standings and this and that, it's an utter embarrassment that a plethora of calls just go completely missed. And I just wanted to, you know, see your take on it and see if maybe you'd be okay with, you know, just let's just do automated technology, AI, let's get all the calls right. Back in the NFL, when they were running the ball exclusively, the game was about three hours and 19 minutes or something like that. Now, where there's a lot more passing and the clock stops, it's only a minute longer. So everybody that's complaining about the game being too long, if we do this, that's not true. And I'd rather get the call right. What do you think? Yeah, like exactly what you're saying. Get the call right, right? We have the technology. What's the holdup? We've seen this in tennis for years now. They can't apply some of that same technology to the NFL, to the NBA. I mean, the M- the NBA is becoming just as laughable as the NFL. And it's funny because the NBA put in their little two-minute report a couple years ago to try and take some type of responsibility for it, right? Okay, exactly. here's where we messed up. But it's like, yes. after the fact, I don't need that. I don't need that report. Exactly. There's, no, there's never accountability. You never see the referees giving press conferences after the game. But what you know, what's even worse is they make a mockery of the challenges, and you can't challenge under two minutes, or you can challenge here, and in one challenge, you don't get it back. Just get the call right. Stop putting it in the hands of the coaches to have to quickly review it on their own technology, on their own screens. Just get the call right. They're professionals. You know, they're, they're, there's billions of dollars at stake. Just get the call right. Well, to be honest with you, they don't care about that, right? Is it because of entertainment? Why don't they yeah, care? Yeah, because they're... they're in tennis, these individuals are competing one versus one. I know there's doubles, right? It's slightly different when uh, these individuals are out there competing, and it, there isn't these, you know, these teams that represent cities that are owned and have all these fans, and it's, it's just a different type of thing. I, 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 more and more as I'm getting older, and I'm not a child anymore, blinded by the fact that I think this is just outright competition. Like, there's a business factor in it. And there's an entertainment factor in it. And more and more, I'm looking at this stuff like WWE. And I know it's not ever going to be scripted. Like I said earlier with Arian Foster, they can never script the NFL like that because, like, these guys are out there playing hard. And, but there are little not. things that make it feel like the Buffalo Wild Wings cur- commercial. Like, 
watching that watching that game <laughs> with Mo, I'm like, this how they're they're running, they're giving them another chance, and I wanted the Chiefs to win. But I'm like, how many times these guys got to stop them? How, they're they're going to run the play, and I'm like, that's on the ref. If the ref couldn't get into the play fast enough to dead the play, then the play's got to go. You can't after they run the play, you can't say, oh no no no, we were trying to call it off. Have a faster, more in shape yeah. ref. They don't. They gonna... have the ten, the technology, and they don't apply it. But they're in baseball. They're about to add a pitch clock. They're about to ban the ship. They're doing all these other things except making sure they get all the calls right. Absolutely. I'm just gonna make one last point. I'll hang up, and and I want to hear your take on this. Don't you see the parallels between the NBA and the NFL right now, where the onus isn't on tough defense, where it's on entertainment, where there's so many calls because they want high scoring games. Yeah. The NBA never used to have. You mentioned the you mentioned the gambling have. aspect. They want points. People are are betting on props. Thanks for the call, Alex. It's it's pretty easy to see. And like I've literally had NFL bogus a documented like case on how bogus the NFL is for about 6-7 years. Whatever. We we love it. We're going to eat it up and we're just going to accept it for what it is. Thanks for listening. Salicot is coming up next. Don't go anywhere. Call him up and keep the conversation rocking. Thank you, guys. Five-hour show coming up at 7. Same thing on Friday. Be safe out there. Be good out there. I'll talk to you soon. Sports Radio 101.9 FM. The We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.